Friends Week and all. Listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 9th edition of the sunny side of sports. Scoring a World Cup goal is a wonderful memory for any football player. The Nigerian Emmanuel Amunike has two World Cup goals on his impressive football resume. Amunike found the net against Bulgaria and Italy at the 1994 World Cup here in the USA. Also in 1994, Amunike was named the African Footballer of the Year. 28 years later, and now a coach, Emmanuel Lamunike, has been watching the World Cup action in Qatar. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, Amunike said the five African teams gave a good account of themselves with the Atlas Lions of Morocco continuing to wave the African flag high in the quarterfinals. Uh, Morocco is the only team remaining from Africa, uh, representing Africa in this uh, World Cup in Qatar. Uh, we have five representatives, but unfortunately, four of them went out and uh, Morocco remained and then made it to the knockout stage and we were able to beat Spain and made it to the quarterfinal. I think it's a good thing, you know. Uh, they have been able to demonstrate that uh, they're a very good side. They play compactly when they need to defend. They defend as a team and when they need to attack, they attack as a team. They have the patience, uh, not running into the trap of the Spanish uh, uh, team in terms of uh, the Spanish team having uh, numbers of uh, ball circulation. They were able to end and they took the game to penalty and uh, you know when it comes to penalty it's it's a game of luck uh, uh, luck might be on your side and i think that is what uh, actually happened in that game against spain and uh, we just pray that uh, you know they continue to you know carry the flag of africa continue to represent africa very well because they have the team to represent africa very well the players are mature the players are experienced and they play as a team do you think the other four african teams that took part in the World Cup could have done better if better tactics were used. African teams also, the ones that went home, I think they also distinguished themselves. They gave a very good account of themselves, but unfortunately, you know, they are not in a position to qualify to the knockout stage. Of course, they can build on this experience, they can build on what they have learned in Qatar and then continue to use it to develop their players and represent the African continent very well. I think we are proud of them. We saw the performance of Ghana, we saw Tunisia, we saw Cameroon also, the performance of Cameroon. I think it's a very good thing. They gave very good account of themselves. It's been very unfortunate, you know, at this time. Uh, out of five, we are only having one representative that are still in the World Cup. Coach, Morocco will meet Portugal in the quarterfinal. What's your take on the game? My take is that uh, the game against uh, Portugal, uh, Morocco-Portugal will be a very tough game. Though uh, Portugal, you know, Portugal, they have a very good team, solid team. They defend compactly, they attack compactly. I think they are a very good team. But of course, also, you know, when you you make it uh, to this stage, to the knockout stage, there is nothing you got to lose. You just have to give up, throw everything you have into the field and then give the best you can as a, as a player, individually and collectively. It's not going to be an easy game, but we just hope to see a very beautiful game.
and we hope to see and to continue to see the African, the only African representative, you know, progressing in this tournament. I think that would be a very big step, you know, moving to the next level. If an African team can move up to even to the semi-final stage, it would be a very good level, a very good opportunity. It would be an encouragement for African continent. And uh, we, are we are proud of the Moroccans. We are happy that, you know, they are representing us very well. They, apart from just representing us, they also play good football. So I wish them all the best against Portugal, but we also know that Portugal, you know, the Portugal team, they are very, very experienced. They have a lot of good players that are competing at top level. So we hope to see a very beautiful game, but we know it's not going to be an easy game for both sides. That's Emmanuel Amunike, the 1994 African Footballer of the Year. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lusaka, Zambia. Sporty greetings. This is Emmanuel Amuneke, former Nigerian player, former Tanzanian coach. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Many thanks. Remain blessed and stay safe. God bless you. Many thanks to you, Emmanuel, and many thanks to Iron Mike Mbonye for that interview. In another World Cup quarterfinal Saturday, England will face defending world champion France. This evening, I profile one of the young stars on the England team, 21-year-old Bukayo Saka. The Arsenal player has scored three goals in Qatar, including England's third goal Sunday when they eliminated African champion Senegal 3-0 in the round of 16. Next up for Saka and the Three Lions of England is a big quarterfinal match Saturday, December 10th against defending World Cup champion France. Saka was asked at a news conference whether the England team believes it can lift the World Cup for the first time since 1966. Yeah, of course, you know, we, we have to believe that, you know, we have to come into this tournament and believe that we can win it. Um, right now, our focus is on the next game, which is France. You know, it's going to be a really difficult game, but, you know, we have to try and get through that and then focus on the next one and, you know, it will get closer and closer and hopefully we give ourselves the best chance to win it. Bukayo Saka was born near London to Nigerian parents. The name Bukayo in the Yoruba language means adds to happiness. And while Saka has definitely had some happy moments in his fledgling football career, one unhappy moment came in last year's European Championship final. Bukayo took England's fifth penalty shot, looking to equalize against Italy. But the Italian goalkeeper, Gianluigi Donnarumma, dived to his left and saved it to secure Italy's second European title. In the aftermath of the European final, Saka received lots of social media abuse, often racist. He says he's tried to put that unhappy moment behind him. To be honest, I feel like personally, you know, I've tried to, to move on from that moment. Um, obviously, I know I can never really forget about it. It's, it's going to be in history, you know. But at the same time, you know, coming out here and scoring those three goals, of course, lifted me a lot. Well, yeah, I've obviously matured and progressed a lot as a player and a person since that moment. And, 
you know, I wouldn't have stepped up the times I've stepped up for Arsenal to take a penalty if I wasn't confident. So, obviously, if the moment comes, you know, and I'm selected to take it, I'll, I'll be more than happy to. Bukayo Saka talks about his three World Cup goals lifting his confidence in the World Cup quarterfinals. Saka and the England team will take on Kylian Mbappe and reigning world champion France. Mbappe leads all scorers with five goals in Qatar. Saka says he's also trying to play down comparisons with Mbappe. <laughs> There's only one Kylian Mbappe and... At the same time, there's only one me. You know, I just want to be myself and help my team in the best way I can. You know, there's a lot of young players in this tournament. I can name so many. And even in our team, you know, there's another um, young player alongside us doing unbelievably well in Jude Bellingham as well. So I'm just happy that we're, we're all here. We're all doing well. And the priority is to try and win the tournament rather than be the um, player of the tournament or young player of the tournament. Bukayo Saka is a Christian, and he says one of the ways he keeps the faith is by reading the Bible. Yeah, I've been continuing to do that out here, read my Bible every night. For me, it's really important to obviously have the presence of God in me all the time, and it gives me gives me more confidence, you know, that God's plan is perfect, so I can go on the pitch and, you know, know that God has my back. But um, the, the main thing for me is just keeping my faith, you know, just having faith in God, so... I don't need to be nervous or worry about any outcomes because obviously it's my first World Cup. You know, I can I can start worrying about different things and different outcomes, but instead I just choose to put my faith in God. That's Bukayo Saka, the young football star for England and Arsenal. And Bukayo spoke from Qatar. Saka and England will play defending World Cup champion France on Saturday in a quarterfinal match. And former German star Jürgen Klinsmann is looking forward to the encounter. This is now the fascinating part of the tournament. This is what we live and live for. And uh, um, so I just wish England good luck because their, pro- their progression, we can all see it kind of internationally. We see it, they're coming, their team is uh, very deep in high-quality players. Obviously, they play in the best league in the world because the Premier League set itself apart from the other top four leagues uh, in, in Europe, and everybody watches the Premier League with all its superstars. So now it's, it's a good time to deliver now. That's Jurgen Klinsmann, who lifted the World Cup trophy with the then West Germany in 1990 in Rome. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players. And let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun. With Team VOA Africa, let's experience the magic of football together. The magic of football is also being experienced by Maimi Asgari 
an Iranian woman from Denmark who's become a viral sensation on TikTok and the World Cup stage, showcasing her outstanding freestyle footballing skills. Jacopo Luzzi spoke with the talented performer who was in Qatar for the World Cup. The World Cup in Qatar is not just a football tournament. It's a cultural event full of people from different countries and backgrounds. Maimi Asgar is one of them, an Iranian football freestyler from Denmark who traveled to Qatar not only to see the matches, but also to show off her skills. The 24-year-old wears a hijab, something she says is important to her. At the same time, she is challenging perceptions about what it means to be Muslim and a female athlete. Please don't change yourself, but change the game. And it's so important. I grew up in a, like, in a country where I'm a minority. Most of my teammates were Danish. It doesn't mean I have to, like ethnic Danish. It doesn't mean I have to change my looks and color my hair blonde to look like them. I can change the game so I can fit in it. Asgari has been passionate about football since she was a child. Her fancy footwork and acrobatics have attracted plenty of online attention. She has almost half a million followers on TikTok. Her videos have gotten millions of views and likes. Her popularity on social media led World Cup organizers to invite her to Qatar, where she has been performing on the streets of Doha for fans. She says her online fame takes some getting used to. I, I need to get used to it. Like, um, I don't know. I don't even have the words to explain it. It's, it's a weird feeling, but I like it. <laughs> As Gary hopes what she accomplished will help dispel stereotypes about Muslim women. It was difficult for me, you know, being alone, feeling like nobody understands me, and now could make the path for the next generation, or even be out talking so the younger girls feel like, oh, there's somebody who knows the pain we have been through, and if she could make it, I can make it. Um, and it just makes me happy that I can be one of uh, these examples for the next generation of kids. Despite the challenges, as Gary's focus and dedication has allowed her to succeed, says her friend, Dalia Dirabu. I think she deserves it because she worked so hard for it. Like I remember when we were small, she was training every day in front of our apartments. Asgari has already met several football stars, but she dreams of challenging some players to a match. I think first of them is Ronaldinho because he's like, he's the legend of the tricks and the, all the kind of, yeah. And then probably Neymar, he's awesome too, but he's younger than Ronaldinho. I watched more Ronaldinho as a kid than I did watching Neymar. And then probably Cristiano Ronaldo. I love, uh, I love his confidence. As Gary's message is clear, no matter a person's race, gender or religion, anyone can play football and enjoy it. Jacopo Luzzi, VOA News, Doha, Qatar. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturday.
Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. A former star player nicknamed the Black Prince of South African football is aiming to make kings of footballers around the continent with an extraordinary tracking device that's already being used by some of the world's top clubs. Jomo Sono, regarded as the greatest attacking midfielder South Africa's ever produced, has secured the rights to distribute the Player Maker Performance Measuring System in Africa. Darren Taylor tells us more from Johannesburg. Jomo Sono made his name in the early 1970s, playing for Soweto Giants Orlando Pirates. He was a fearsome tackler, a powerful striker of the ball, a dribbler of note, and had sublime passing skills. But Sono had the misfortune of being at the peak of his powers when apartheid was also at its height. South Africa was an international pariah, so he never got a chance to represent his country on the world stage. But Sono's skills were simply too good to ignore. European giants Juventus and Sporting Lisbon each offered him a contract, but the governments of both Italy and Portugal denied him work permits. He's convinced that 1970s Europe just wasn't ready for black African players. But America was. In 1977, Sono joined New York Cosmos, where he created goal after goal for legendary Brazilian striker Pele. Today, Sono's a businessman and technical director for the South African Football Association. I'm renowned for unearthing a lot of youngsters from the dusty streets of all the black townships. And one of them will be appearing soon, who I discovered was 15 years old, and I took him all the way to England. That was two years ago. It was during this visit to the United Kingdom that Sono saw the player maker in action for the first time. He decided he'd be the one to bring it to Africa. Sono's son and current Cosmos midfielder Masilele describes player maker as a talent scout driven by artificial intelligence. It's motion sense based technology. It is a wearable football technology that goes on your boot. It is completely comfortable that you do not feel that is completely durable. It has a five-hour recording time with a three-hour charging time. So what it does is takes the statistics and technical balances and data of all the players that use the device on the football pitch so they can see how many times the player has passed the ball, how many times the player has received the ball, which foot the player is receiving the ball on, his kick velocity. So it really takes in all the data that your normal GPS tracking vest would not give you. It would just give you distance covered and where the player is on the pitch. But this actually gives you what the player is doing with and without the ball at all times. Masilele explains that the player maker incorporates something called gait tracking. This constantly examines a player's body position, how he runs, how he moves, 
to pick up any anomalies. It helps coaches in terms of injury prevention and in helping the player grow technically on the ball to say that, no, look, this week your pass average was very low. We'd like you to work in terms of this or your sprint speed has slowed down. Are you injured? We'd like you to get more passes and get on the ball more. You know, so this really helps you just fine print all the finer details of the game. It's not really a hindrance in terms of you taking out the personal aspect. It's just adding an element that will help the player grow. Manchester City and Liverpool are just two of the top clubs using the player maker. Strapped to the outside of a boot, it uses algorithms to analyse data, which is visualised for players and coaches to review on a tablet or phone. After a match, the boot sensor is connected to an app to access insights on 15 unique performance indicators, including physical data and leg balance. Masilele says PlayerMaker allows players to be their own coaches. It just makes the workload just a bit more easier for someone to come say, look, this is what I've done for the week. These are my statistics. This is my run distance. This is my pass average. You know, my playing tempo, how many times I play one touch, how long I hold on to the ball. Sono's senior winks and gestures towards his son. He's also been using it, and ever since he used it, it's improved. Eh? He's even scored now lately. The PlayerMaker device currently costs around $250, including a one-year subscription to the app. In African terms, this is expensive. Sono says it's worth it, considering that in South Africa, for example, parents are spending a lot of rands on football coaching. Parents are paying 5000 per month to keep their children at some of the soccer clubs in this country. 5000 per month to play and train football. I'll rather buy this as a parent. And then every time my, my son comes back, I'll take this, put in the computer, and look and say, let's work on this. This week we work on your speed, we work on your shooting, we work on your passing. You become a coach yourself. Sono says he's going to do his best to make the player maker as affordable as possible in Africa. His vision is to roll it out in youth leagues across the continent. Imagine the possibilities, says Sono, when coaches fit the device to the boots of Africa's already skillful players. Players who've never had the opportunity to use technology to enhance their skills. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. Samson Omale joins us now with more World Cup news. Sporty Friday World Cup greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday World Cup greetings to you too, Sunny. We begin the wrap of Africa sports highlights for this weekend in Qatar, where Rwanda President Paul Kagame has said that the football governing body FIFA was right to select Qatar as the host of Football Mundial and that the results on the ground make that fundamentally clear. President Kagame was speaking on Thursday during the International Anti-Corruption Excellence Awards held in Doha. President Kagame said that the underlining point of the criticism of Qatar hosting the World Cup has no basis as the 2022 host of the World Cup has shown much success so far. The first time I visited Qatar was in 2008. I've been able to witness the progress since then and the tremendous achievement in the lead up to this World Cup. FIFA was right to select Qatar to host this tournament. 
and the results on the ground make that fundamentally clear. The relentless onslaught of negative propaganda to which Qatar has been subjected by some countries needs to be called out and analyzed for what it is. FIFA president Gianni Infantino has hailed the group stage of the World Cup in Qatar as the best ever, saying there are no longer small teams and big teams. Infantino says the level of the tournament is very equal after an opening phase that featured some major upsets. Former champions Argentina, Spain, Germany and Brazil all suffered shock group stage losses. Teams from Africa, Asia and North America have also been represented in the final 16 and now into the quarterfinals along with traditional powerhouses, South America and Europe. The matches have been of great, great quality in uh, beautiful stadiums. We knew that uh, already. However, as well, the public uh, uh, who was there, small teams beating big teams. Uh, well, there are no more small teams and no more big teams. The level is very, very equal. We have already seen some great action on the field, which finally is uh, uh, you know, the most important uh, part of, of, of what you do. Some of the biggest uh, stars performing very, very well. But uh, the memories of, I don't know, the Mexican fans or, or uh, the American fans, of course, the big stars, the big players, the big teams will make the difference on the pitch. So I hope uh, and I'm sure we will see a, a fantastic conclusion of this World Cup. Staying with FIFA, the World Soccer ruling body has released 16 referees and has asked them to return home. On the 19th of May 2022, FIFA announced the list of 36 referees and 69 assistant referees from all six confederations for the 2022 FIFA World Cup and they were selected from an extended list of over 50 countries. After the group stage games and the round of 16 matches, a total number of 56 matches have been played in almost three weeks. The football body on Thursday made it known that 16 referees have been released to return home. And staying with the World Cup, the quarterfinals of the 2022 World Cup will draw a lot of African interest on Saturday when the Atlas Lions of Morocco will attempt to secure a place in the last four of the competition when they play Portugal. Craig William Barley, Scottish former professional footballer and sports television pundit and co-commentator for ESPN, previews the Morocco versus Portugal quarterfinal clash on Saturday. Maybe a slightly more front foot Morocco uh, than we did, but but not 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 a wholesome change in tactics. Uh, and listen, as I mentioned earlier, they they have been so difficult to beat as well. Um, I think they. The prognosis on size will be key for them as well. And, and, and we have no clue what that's going to be as he finished the game uh, sort of hobbling around. And, and if you look at where all the players are playing, they're playing, for, they're playing at a good level. The Atlas Lions of Morocco's success so far can be attributed to their coach, Walid Regragru, who became the first ever African coach to take a team to the World Cup quarterfinals when his side defeated Spain on penalties, despite only taking over the reins in August. Regragru was appointed before the tournament with Morocco Football Federation in turmoil after previous coach Vahid Halihodjid 
Vujic was sacked over differences of opinion with the country's football federation. African football journalist Mimi Fawaz speaks of Regragri's man management impact on the Atlas Lions. He's been fantastic at man management. In fact, when he speaks about his players, he talks about the spirit that they had in the previous coach. They didn't have a very good atmosphere, as we saw Hakim Ziyech then decided to retire from football for Morocco, and he brought him back just in September. And he said a little dose of love and confidence was all that Hakim Ziyech needed, that he's not a difficult player. And we're seeing that on the pitch. We're seeing the results that he's bringing on the pitch. So his skills in terms of how he's bringing the morale and the spirit and the fighting for the nation, for the continent, for the Arab world, we can see it there. Away from the 2022 Qatar World Cup now, Kenya intends to bid to co-host the 2027 African Cup of Nations alongside other countries in East Africa. The Kenyan government has sanctioned the plan with the ultimate aim of qualifying for the Men's World Cup for the first time in 2030. The Harambe Stars have played at the Nations Cup just twice since 1993 and were barred from qualifiers for the 2023 finals because the country was serving a ban from global football. Thanks, Samson. That's Samson Omale with a big spicy package of Nations Cup and World Cup news. And that wraps up the December 9th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Have a good weekend, everyone. And that's the sunny side of sports.